0: Hey guys, uh, welcome to this next episode of Renewed Focus. My name is Colton, and as always, I'm... Oh wait, Matthew's not here today. Man, I am all alone today. Actually, I've got a few friends here with me, um, but Matthew is not here today. He got the day off, so you are stuck with Colton. I'm sorry. No, it'll be really good. Um, I want to update with you, update you on a couple things as far as renewal goes before we jump into today, today's episode. Uh, The first thing is just a reminder that we are still doing our recordings on Sundays. Those release on our socials at 10 a.m. We also have the family devotional that we're um, putting out every week for you to use with your family. Um, And the other thing that I want to mention here is uh, Matthew mentioned this last week on the podcast, but we're trying to navigate through how we can um, or when we can gather again. And Governor Abbott. Just kind of um, lowered the restrictions for meeting and said that churches are allowed to meet. And so we're just trying to be wise about when we're going to begin meeting and really where we're going to begin meeting. Uh, The school has kind of said that they're not allowing anyone to meet in their buildings right now. And so there's a chance that we might need a new venue, at least temporarily. And so just be praying for Matthew and I as we kind of seek the Lord uh, for wisdom and guidance on when we should meet. So, Uh, Thank you so much for praying and joining us in that. Well, we have a really cool episode today. So I am joined by several people around the table. Today I'm kind of dubbing medical professional day. I don't know. I got this idea because I was driving around town the other day and I was seeing signs that thank you to our healthcare workers. Have you seen those? Um, and so they're shaking their head. I haven't introduced them yet, so they're not talking. Um, but I've, I've seen those signs and I thought, you know, we've got several medical professionals in our church. And so I thought it would be really neat if we brought in some people today just to talk about how they're doing, what they're seeing out in the world and how God is working. And so I'm joined by Shelly, Shelly Pell here over on my left. Hello. (laughs) And, And I've got Matt, Matt Wells across the table. Hey, what's going on? And then I've got Caitlin Gross-Close. Hi. So they are all here, super excited to be on a podcast. They love hearing their voice, um, just like many of you know. They're 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 excited, and it'll be really good. So um, I'm going to just jump around the table and kind of ask each of you uh, to talk about what you do, like what is it that you do in the medical professional world, and then also why you decided to enter into that field. I think it'll be really good for everyone to hear. Um, and so... Uh, Matt, why don't
1: we start with you? So currently, I work as a paramedic in Gatesville. So we kind of a rural EMS county, and so we respond to 911 calls, and as well as do hospital transfers from our smaller hospital to uh, Temple and Waco and some other areas. Awesome. And then
0: why did you want to enter into the medical professional world?
1: Yeah. So that was kind of initially when I did my initial EMT course was kind of out of thrill. wasn't really sure what to do and just God, just kind of get me, led me there. It just felt like a step in the right direction. And since then, it's really become a passion about helping other people and just getting to uh, take care of people in their time of need. Yeah. And how long have you been doing that? So I've been doing this for almost three years now. Three
0: years. Wow. And you're 21? 21. Man, you've been doing this since you're 18. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, Caitlin, what about you?
2: Um, I am a nurse at Scott & White. I work on a surgical um, unit. Sorry, I'm not close enough. (laughs) Um, And, um, yeah, I've been working at Scott & White for almost four years. June will be four years. Um, And I got into nursing because I love learning about the human body, and I like figuring things out. Wait, wait, wait. You yep. love
0: learning about the human body? Yeah,
2: it's weird, isn't it? Like, I don't know. There's just so many things that your heart is just and just all of your organs are amazing things. I remember I loved doing when that. I was in
0: college, my my roommate was a nursing major mm-hmm. and he would have these books everywhere. And there would be like these just pictures of bodies laying around and it would freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> and it, would, it was terrifying. I'm like, <laughs> why would you want to enter into a field where you're just staring at organs? I mean, I know you're not staring at organs oh, right. all day, yeah. but you're thinking Sometimes. about stuff like that. <laughs>
2: That's a different field.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm
2: not a mortician.
0: Okay, so okay, so you loved it and love learning yes, about the human body.
2: I do, and I love helping people, and I figured this was the easiest way, and it's a good mission field. Um, I'm around patients um, that are going into surgery, uh, and they're a lot of the times real terrified. So it's nice because you get to... Kind of be there, pray for them, pray with them yeah. and stuff like that. So, so you two,
0: cool. like you're kind of the front line, right? So you're like, you're, <laughs> they call you and then you're bringing them to Caitlin, essentially. You call we Hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Shelly, what about you?
3: So I am a family nurse practitioner working in a newborn clinic at Fort Hood, taking yeah. care of brand new mommies, brand new mm. babies, um, and then our military families.
0: Yeah. And then what made you want to get into that field?
3: I think it all started with a little duck when I was about four or five. No, um, just always taking care of the things that were broken, always taking care of the things that just needed a little extra love or care to get back to health. My mom said I always found the things (laughs) that was always my thing. I always wanted to take care of things, but always been very, very just amazed at the human body, amazed at just the interactions that you get to have with people yeah. in sometimes their most vulnerable state and so um we have something to offer them not just healing through medicine but healing through our faith and so yeah. sometimes getting to stand by people in the hardest times um has been the biggest blessing yeah. i
0: think that's awesome so a duck
3: it was a little duck. <laughs> he didn't make it. Oh, well,
0: The duck was, like, hurt, and then you wanted to help it. Or? I think
3: we probably should have left him with his mom. <laughs> That's awesome. In hindsight. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, um, we all know that our world has kind of changed in the last yeah. month or so, month and a half. Um, and it's changed for me. It's changed for everybody, but especially you guys. Um, as, you know, it's been over a month since we had the shelter-in-place order. And I can remember when that happened, just kind of seeing little news articles pop up here and there about our area specifically, too. And so I'd love for you guys to talk about just for a second, like what has changed for you since the coronavirus came, quote unquote, came to our area? And so, Caitlin, I want to start with you and just talk about how that's changed your work and your life. And, yeah.
2: You know. So not really all that much has changed besides we're not doing a lot of the elective surgeries. Um, We have to wear a mask every day, which is – that's real annoying. They get hot real fast, but that's a blessing because I don't have to wear – Matt's going to tell you what he has to wear, and that's, (laughs) thank you, Lord, that we don't have to do that. Um, (laughs) um, But it's just – we've had to be very patient um, and just – learn how to adapt and be flexible with the patients that we get now. because we had a lot of floors, um, we weren't having a whole lot of patients. So we had floors that were shut down. And so we've also, we don't really get to hear like the positive impact on the hospital, but honestly, coronavirus has positively impacted our floor because we were very short staffed and now we had like an overabundance of staff. And so it was just like a break for us that we were all, we're all, down and just angry a lot of bitter and then this has just kind of uplifted our spirits and rem- reminded us that oh we're here to help these people like it's not all about us
3: yeah yeah for <laughs> but sure. it's
2: it's been it's been a different experience than I thought it was gonna be most definitely um but yeah it's been good
0: okay yeah. awesome what about you guys
3: you don't want to tell them about your hazmat. I'll let you go first. <laughs> Shall we fly?
0: Shall
2: so,
3: we? The newborn clinic where I work, um, typically we take care of yes, new moms and new babies, but we also get to talk with the spouses. The mm-hmm. the spouses will come in and and we get to do a lot of teaching. We have a lot a fairly young population typically, and most of them their families are somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and this has really been difficult for them. Most of them their families can't come visit. Um, A lot of the moms who planned on having family here, the family can't be here. A lot of them, the husbands are deployed with no real news of when they're coming home. A lot of them, their orders have all been stopped. And so what used to be fun and we get to interact and teach is now um, moms who are struggling even more with depression, even Mm. more with isolation, even more with anxiety. Moms who had, if they even have friends locally, it's not like they can really do much for them. Um, so their needs are different and how we address those needs are different and trying to find that balance of that boundary with your patients and still feeling like this is an opportunity to love on them and this Mm. opportunity, Hey, what do you need? Are you going to need toilet paper? Do you need diapers? What do you need? Because they may or may not be getting it. And, and we have all the way from the early privates, the little, you know, they've Husbands have been enlisted for just a little bit of time to the ones we have you know colonels right, and, and we're ministering to all of them and some have it together and some don't I mean it's just like anybody yeah <laughs> and yeah. and some of them it's at the worst time possible for them, yeah, and so um what should be really a blessing, they're just struggling through it and so it's it's changed in that way dramatically, I think there's so much more fear for them of do I go out, do I? even going through labor and delivery right now, yeah. you know, if they're having to do it alone, especially for the first time. And there's just a lot of fear of the unknown in, in our population, especially. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. Um, so my, so Katie's sister and my brother-in-law, they have, they have one, one month old and the one month old got a fever. And so they took it to the hospital and you know, they did a coronavirus test cause mm-hmm. they were like, it could be coronavirus. Absolutely. And, the husband couldn't go there. Only the wife could go into the hospital. She was there for like two days with the baby. The baby ended up not having coronavirus, but just the fact that that could be it in a newborn uh, was pretty scary for them. And the fact that the husband couldn't be there. And so I can't imagine for you guys trying to manage the patients, <laughs> you know, on, I'm so sorry, your spouse can't come in here with you, you know, things like that. I know that. And going- we're
3: not even supposed to hug them.
0: Yeah. Can't touch them. Yeah. yeah. And that's hard. All right, so Matt, tell us about your hazmat suit. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. yeah, it's a long story,
1: but yeah, so a lot of things have changed um, for us just in, so, as far as what we do day to day basis. Because I mean, we, it's it's everything is pertinent per call, so mm-hmm. we have different call. We could get called for a woman in uh in labor mm-hmm. or we could get called for someone with chest pain or car wreck so there's just multiple things um one thing I will say kind of along with what you said Shelley is noticing the, the change in the mindset of your pa- of uh, your patients that you take care of uh, a lot of them you know they they everyone pretty much now knows about the coronavirus but a lot of them and my chief actually mentioned this are waiting longer to go to to call 911 to go to the hospital and so we're actually seeing a rise in uh in people um, especially people with more complicated, usually the older folks, but mm-hmm. you're seeing um, a rise in, in uh, cardiac arrest patients because people mm-hmm. are waiting longer uh, to call 911 or to go to the emergency room based off of fear of the coronavirus. So, so they're afraid that if they go to the hospital, they will get the coronavirus. Right. I've had a lot of patients uh, almost refuse care or refuse tra- call us and then they'll refuse transport um, because they're like, well, I don't know if I should go or should I stay and um and so yeah that's something i've noticed mm-hmm. a lot but um yeah as far as the hazmat suit so um it really just depends so basically every call now we're having to wear either a, an n95 like droplet mask and either like a like a goggles or not goggles mm-hmm. uh, like a sunglasses clear yeah. glasses um safety glasses of the technical term yeah um and if uh depending on the call, if we suspect that they could have symptoms or if they're from one of the prison units, cause we have a lot of prisons in Gatesville and uh, that has really made it hard for containing the virus because everyone's in close quarters. So yeah. for my shift, if we go to a prison call, if we have a patient that we suspect has the coronavirus or symptoms, we have to suit up and basically kind of a head to toe suit. I put on, I wear a respirator. We actually, a lot of us uh, went and bought our own respirators Wow. Uh, so that Why? was part because the surgical masks, while well, they do work, um, you know, they wear out faster and a respirator, you have better protection and it's more comfortable long term. Hmm. So we, we bought our own respirators, and so if I have to put on the, the suit, so I've got the respirator suit and then the face shield, and so all this, it just adds a lot of extra steps. Wow. Yeah. So I'm having to delay scene time, delay getting patients, uh, getting to patients quicker. So you get a call, and then you, if it's
0: suspected coronavirus, you have to put all that on.
1: Right, we're having, because, you know, emergency, you know, you often think it's all, we got to get there, we got to get there soon, and in general, EMS, we try not to rush, but with this now it may be 10 minutes before i can get that stuff on and get inside the house and take care of that patient and they could be very critical and so that's Mm. something that's really made it a lot more complicated with all the steps we have to take and then on top of that we're being you know with them inside of a a small box on the back Mm -hmm. of a moving pickup truck essentially yeah and so decon has taken a lot uh a lot more of a toll on us i mean we always try to decon we always decon well but what is that uh, decontamination. Okay, <laughs> sorry, but it's, like, it's just the short term. I'm asking for it's everyone else, not it me. It's just the yeah. short term. Yeah, yeah, sounds awful, decon. So, yeah. But yeah, we're so we're having to take a lot more time to wipe down yeah. just every every last little thing yeah. we can. Um, we've learned to live and with lysol in our clothes too, and so we just mm-hmm. do all sorts of stuff. But yeah, it's definitely made work a lot more stressful and a lot more um, time-consuming as far as the steps it takes to yeah. take care of patients.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me, since I've got you right here and you're already talking, let me ask you, um, you're all believers and faithfully follow the Lord. I've been members of Renewal for a really long time. And so I just want to give people a glimpse of how God is working um, during this season. I mean, I know you've talked about how it's difficult and, things have changed for you and so but i know like god has a way of working in the midst of really hard things and he tends to show off and display his glory and so i don't i just want to see if you've seen that and how you've seen that
1: i think the biggest thing that i've seen is I mean, you think about it. So sports are are closed down, restaurants, public places, a lot of these things. And it's really, I think, given uh, maybe Americans uh, an understanding of, you know, how busy sometimes we consume our lives and how, like, lack of family or how much of a lack of family time we have. And so now we're really having to – we're missing those relationships because we're isolated or there's a shelter in place. So we're really getting to kind of have a a reset button – on our, I think our, on our priorities, but also just really valuing that human connection and being able to see, I think it also, it's created an opportunity, even though like the fear is not good, the fear creates an opportunity for believers to show our trust in God, that He will take care of us, He will come through, that there's nothing outside of God's uh, hands, and mm. that even if you were to get the coronavirus, like God, do you, you not trust that God's going to take care of you? Yeah. Like, there's nothing to fear. There's no reason to fear. I mean, God is, I mean, you look at Jesus, like, he healed people by touching them, by speaking to them. So why should we fear COVID-19? It's
0: so interesting when you look at scripture, like, there's several times where he'll say, do not fear, but then the majority of the time he'll end it with, for I am with you. You know, like, do not fear. Mm -hmm. And here's why. Is that just because you're saying, hey, don't fear. Like, you're an idiot if you fear. Like, no, that's that's not what he's saying. He's saying, do not fear because I am with you. Like, the presence of God is with you, and he is holding you. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's it's really good.
2: I know for me, it's kind of like you said, we hit a reset button, you know. You uh, don't have to go anywhere. We were all roll, slowed way down. Um, and it's helped me because I hadn't been reading my Bible a whole lot religiously, and so I've gotten to going through the book of Isaiah, and it's just, it's great, you know, just getting to slow down and just dig back into the word and remember, like, the do not fear, for I am with you, like, everything's going to be okay. It's going to all come to an end when God wants it to, and it's going to be fine. We just yeah. have to trust him. Yeah, yeah.
3: the trusting him has been like his little theme in my life this last year, so why not have a <laughs> pandemic as well? But um, that, that's that been huge. And um, the different people, um, I don't know if you know Amy and David Ellis, but Amy, that's one of the things she and I have talked about is that where we are right now, that's one of the things that God has really, bo- both of us, just been saying, you know, do you trust me with this? Yeah. Because this is big. And absolutely. Except for I'm struggling. Okay, I'm going to trust you. Like, it's a, <laughs> it's a daily battle. Yeah. Um, You know, I feel like it's been, do you trust me with your kids? Do you trust me with mm. your marriage? Do you trust me with wherever I'm going to lead you? And now it's with your health. You yeah. know, with your job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let me let me ask you then, Shelley. Um, with all the fears that you just mentioned—your mm-hmm. kids, your job, all that stuff—talk um, more about those and like, what has it been look? What does it look like for you to work through those fears, specifically in your line of work with a pandemic? Um, and then, as you think about the fears, I think it would be helpful to talk about like the biblical truths that you use to fight those. Mm-hmm. Um, so, could you just speak to that?
3: So. You just open a can of worms. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <Wow. laughs> One thing that I, I, I realized this, and this is something that I've struggled with. Um, in 2015, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. I've actually battled belly issues my whole life, but finally got a diagnosis mm-hmm. and it has been uphill, downhill, like every day. I don't know what I'm going to get it. it that in and of itself can create a lot of anxiety. I'm on medication that helps. It's an auto-inflammatory disorder. I'm on medication that helps calm my immune system, but in the same time, it weakens my immune okay. system. Hmm. And so I am in a place where I'm working with people that are potentially bringing this illness, and I'm I'm one of the vulnerable. Some of your frontline workers, the whole reason they're in the medical field is because they have something and, and they had a nurse or a doctor wow. that spoke life to them or taught them about healing, taught them about medicine, and that's why they do what they do. And so a lot of people, and they don't talk about it, they're struggling with that. Because it's, what if I get that? What if I bring that home to my family? Mm. You know, we're a blended family. So two of my kids have been in Austin for six weeks. I have not seen their faces. Wow. Um, I mean, we FaceTime. We live right. in a day and age where we can fa- But it's not the same as hugging your kids. Yeah. And... um That's been really, really emotional and and up and down. And then we have a a boy that had been staying with us on the weekends to not get to talk to him or hug him and not to have that kind of contact when we're kind of an extra place he gets to go. Yeah. Um, But again, God's saying, Do you trust me? You know, my husband has really stepped up in this time to go shopping. He hates shopping. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I know he loves me (laughs) because he's been going to Walmart and (laughs) HEB. I'm the one that does all that. So he's, you know, he's, he's doing that. And, um, and, and just my mother-in-law stepped in to take care of our little one, our four-year-old so that he's not in daycare. Like we're trying to limit exposure. I think just because we trust God, we should still be smart about it. And, and it's, it's just trying to limit that exposure. But I have a 75 year old mother-in-law that's watching my four-year-old. So she's vulnerable and I've got two asthmatics in my house. They're vulnerable. And so that's been difficult, but, um, about a year, maybe two years ago, God put a seasoned LVN in my clinic, and she is a Jesus-loving woman. <laughs> and she, um, sweet Miss Carolyn, every day she could see when I would get real anxious, she'll just come in and sit next to me, and she'll start, she'll literally start whispering scripture to me, oh. and and she'll be humming a song that I'm like, I really needed that right now. Like mm. she can see me getting worked up. Sometimes I'm worked up over the patients that I'm dealing with, you know, the, the accesses to resources, you know, because it does get to me emotionally that they don't have what they need. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how can I help them without crossing boundaries? There's professional boundaries that I can get into trouble for. But, um, but then at the end of the day, lie, myself down, um, changing clothes, coming home, showering, and before I can hug my kid and just I kind of want to know when it's all going to end. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's days where it's just, it's long. The days seem long right now. Um,
0: I think it's okay to want a pandemic to end.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I feel validated. (laughs) For sure. But but that's, I think those are the the biggest fears is just, we have a big family and it's not just what I'm doing at work or if I get it, but if, what about all the people in the midst of that? So, so every day it's just baby steps. Yeah. We're, we're going to go to work. We're going to wear everything we're supposed to wear. We're going to wash our hands a lot, and we're going to just keep keep on trucking right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any other answer, yeah. but um, one can I say one scripture? Sorry, you have the mic. One, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the scriptures um, that Miss Carolyn. <laughs> is very good about speaking to me is when Jesus is talking in John 16, 33, he says, these things I have spoken unto you that in me, sorry, this is King James. So in me, ye might have peace in the world. Ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Mm. And she constantly is just reminding me he's right here with you. He's walking through this with you. He's going in with you to see that patient. Even though you can't hug them, they still feel jesus around you around them and and i've had moms i can just sit there and cry with them yeah because i can't fix their problem but i can at least be there in yeah. that moment with them and um and so i'm just i'm super thankful for that that person that's just constantly just speaking the word to me that's because great. right now i need that I yeah. need that bad so
0: for sure that's good well i just want to kind of go around and you guys are faith part of our faith family members of our church at Renewal, and um, I just want you to know, one, that we're so thankful for each of you um, working on the front lines of this, and whether it's been a huge change in how you've done things or it's been small changes here and there, uh, I want to encourage you and let you know that your faith family loves you. Um, and we care about you deeply. And so I just want to let people know how they can be praying for you, um, during this time, as you're making calls, as you're sitting with moms, as you're on the floor with surgical patients, you know, as, as things are happening, um, I want people to know how they can be praying for you. And so, uh, Caitlin, why don't we just start with you and just kind of let people know how they can be praying.
2: Yeah, um, I would just pray for patience for us because we are all sick of all the extra stuff we have to put on. <laughs> even though I just have to wear a mask, it's really annoying. I can't imagine having to wear anything else. But also um, just peace and um, wisdom for everyone, um, especially just like our um, the higher-ups in the hospital and even – the con- like the leaders in the country. Yeah. Um, because we don't know what's going on. Nobody, honestly, I'm going to be real. Nobody knows what's going to happen. So it's just, that's all, you know, we've been talking about trust. It's just like, trust God that it's going to be okay. And just be smart.
0: Yeah.
1: I would say definitely patience. Like what you said, Caitlin, um, that's been a big thing. But also, yes, peace as well. Because I think, honestly, if something that... I've observed is while like the the illness, yes, this is detrimental, especially, I mean, there's so many different factors, you know, physically, economically, socially, all the things. But I think the biggest damage really, the potential for damage is to cause fear and to cause people to not love one another. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest repercussion we're going to feel from COVID-19 is really how we have let fear in and dominate as well as not wanting to be around other people. And mm. Jesus says that it's through our love for one another that the world is going to know Christ. Yeah. And so the enemy is going to try to do everything he can to separate that and to cause fear when we have no reason to fear. And so I would say praying for peace and uh, for a sense of unity. It was really good when we did worship practice or uh, recording for worship for one of the Sundays and I hadn't seen uh, Tristan Crider in a while. And he walked in the door and it was like, we didn't miss a beat, it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, we have to remember the Holy Spirit is inside of each of us. So the Holy Spirit unites each one of us, even when we're apart. There's still a sense of unity, even when we're apart and then we come together. And it was just really, really good. I missed having that so much. And so just be praying for patience, for peace, and just for a sense of unity in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely.
3: I think being able to speak life back. Um, because I think right now a lot of people are looking, you know, I get phone calls and questions and not everybody wants to hear what I have to say, (laughs) Um, but the reality is we, we do have such a big task at not, not promoting fear, but, but just teaching safety, you know, hand-washing should have been going on a long time ago. Um, but teaching appropriate hand-washing, um, and Mm -hmm. just loving on people and everybody's in a different place. You know, everybody's yeah. struggling with different things right now. So I think being willing to listen and not just go from our perspective of this is what you need to be doing, but how can I help you so that you're safe? How can I help you so that you're taken care of? Yeah. Um, and, and really just lifting, lifting each other up. I think that's a big thing because there's yeah. a lot of judging and shaming and it's painful. It's yeah. painful to watch. It's painful just to be around it. Yeah. So...
0: Well, I want to encourage you guys. Um, I mean, Jesus is the anchor of our soul. And so whatever fears come into our minds, whatever temptations might fall in our laps. I mean, what's crazy is like the world changed, but the things we struggle with didn't. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those fears, those sins that we chase, those things that happen. I mean, they're they're still there. And then you've got all these other fears that are now on top of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just want to encourage you and and everyone listening, um, the fears might be there, but your God is there also, and he's stronger, and he's already defeated the enemy. And so we can walk in victory. Uh, It may not feel like victory (laughs) in those moments, but you are. You are walking in victory by by the power of the Spirit covered by the blood of Jesus, and we will hold on to that, pandemic or not. And, and as you said, Matt, we will embrace the sick. We will embrace the lowly. We will embrace the hurt um, because that's what we're called to do. We can be strategic and smart about that, mm-hmm. um, but that's what we're called to do. And so I just want to thank you guys for doing that. And I know there's several other medical professionals in our uh, church. And so we couldn't invite everyone here, you know, hashtag social distancing. Um, but uh, <laughs> thank you as well um, if you're sitting there and listening to this. We love you as well. And, um, be praying for these guys. If you're listening to this and you hear their voice, uh, just shoot them a text or a message and tell them that you're praying. I know that would be encouraging to them. I'm going to speak for them and say that that would be (laughs) encouraging to them. So, all right. Thank you guys so much. And thank you guys for being here.